Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 229. And I hope you've had a great first half of the year. Many of you are going to be listening to this as you are getting ready to leave for the holidays. I know myself, I'm looking forward to a great week. This week, you got holiday parties, you got gift giving, you got seeing the kids' faces all light up. And of course, next week, hey, we're going to party. No shows coming out next week, but we do have some great things happening over at the Instructional Coaches Network. Don't forget to head on over to askthetechcoach.com. Scroll down to the bottom, join our Facebook group, join our LinkedIn group. Even join us over on k12leaders.com. We've got some great things going on in 2023, and I'm so happy that you guys are here. Do me a favor. It is the holidays. Share this episode with your friends. we got some great things going on today. My guest today is kind of different, and I'm looking forward to this interview. I met my guest a few months ago. We started talking about a project that he's working on about superheroes, about pop culture, about how teachers can be something a little bit different. Teachers can be entertaining. Teachers can be exciting. And I am so happy to have today on my guest, Mr. Daniel Bergman. Daniel, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to have you on. I mean, we've been talking the last 20 minutes or so pop culture before, and I said, Let's just start the recording here and have a good time. But tell the world a little bit about where you are. You're out in uh, Wichita area. That is true. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a professor at Wichita State University in Wichita, Kansas. And I'm actually, I just finished my 15th year. I'm the uh, professor and I'm the program chair of science education. So I work with mostly science teachers, but I also teach some classes for elementary teachers. And I do workshops for teachers uh, from all grades. And I even get a chance to work with kids um, from time to time teaching science and other things. You know, I, I want to start talking about a topic that we recently had on the TeacherCast podcast, which was about higher education. Um, we had a guest on from the University of Pennsylvania, and we basically were talking about how teachers these days are looking for something a little bit different. Teachers these days are looking for programs. What is it like to be teaching teachers these days, teaching adults, helping adults either make career decisions or advance in their own careers? What's it like these days over at Wichita State University? Well, like a lot of places, we need teachers. Um, And I see that, of course, as a science teacher or a science educator, I see that even more so, but uh, even across the board, Um, partly because of the pandemic and partly because of other things as well, just, you know, the changing of culture, changing of society, how things are going. I learned really quickly uh, when I started this part of my career, because before this, I was a high school science teacher. I taught chemistry and physics primarily, but I learned real quickly, teaching teachers is harder than teaching chemistry or teaching physics. Um, it's, it's, 
more of a life change rather than just your learning and understanding content. You're actually trying to change what you do as a, as an instructor in the classroom. It's not an easy thing, is it? No, it's, I think we have a lot of, we have a lot of pre-held beliefs and all, all kinds of things, you know, whatever the subject is, whatever the discipline is, even, you know, we talk about that in science, how we have misconceptions or pre preconceptions about how the world works. But I think we do that in education as well, where we, most of us spent, you know, a decade and a half in schools settings in formal school setting. And we think, Oh, well, I kind of know what it is to be a, in the classroom. I know what it is to be a teacher, but I know I felt that way when I was graduating high school and thinking I wanted to be a, a teacher but then I think we forget or we don't realize, oh, there's all these other things that go on behind the scenes. It's a different perspective from the other side of the desk, so to speak. But all, all the planning, all the decision making, which I enjoy, uh, but it does make it more challenging. Now, you have an interesting take on education. Um, you're actually on a mission right now to have teachers teach like um, teach like. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what do you want teachers to be teaching like? Well, I am a, a certified geek, I guess, or I'm a super geek. I don't know, super nerd. I would say we all should teach like superheroes. Um, and I know there's books out there. There's Teach Like a Champion by Doug Lemo. There's uh, Teach Like a Pirate. There's other things as well. Um, good resources. My uh, wheelhouse, so to speak, is I was a child of the 80s. So I grew up, you know, pop culture, cartoons, comic books, movies. And I, I kind of like superheroes even before they were cool, before all the movies were box office you know, hits and things like that. So uh, as I've been working on things, writing, even teaching science with superheroes, whether it's from a movie or, or comic book stories or cartoons. But I also notice there's a lot of parallel with what teachers do with what superheroes do, not to be like a, a pandering, because I've heard people say that too. Oh, you're a superhero because you're a classroom teacher. Um, it's very sometimes said almost like you're a saint. But I see it as in, you know, we have strengths, we have superpowers, uh, so to speak. We use gadgets and gizmos. We have origin stories. We have weaknesses like kryptonite uh, in a different way and so there's all these parallels i saw and so that got me thinking about you know what i could do with that to help teachers um just maybe refresh their enthusiasm for teaching reflect on their teaching um both as you know inspiration but also just information as well so i'm currently working on a, a book it's coming out next next year in 2023 um it's called teaching is for superheroes and then i also write a blog that i, I update you know, regularly about things in the news with superheroes and how that relates to teaching I love your passion for pop culture and I want to dive into this, but before we do, um, Coke or Pepsi? <laughs> uh, I'm more of a unsweet iced tea kind of a guy, but if, if you had, if you had to tell me, uh, probably diet Coke. So when we're looking at this teach like a superhero concept here, I mean, I I'm reading your blog. I'm looking what you have here. You're writing posts all about, Marvel. You're writing posts about X-Men. You're writing posts about comic books. Uh, what do you want teachers to get or understand or, or come out of when they come to your website? Teach like a superhero dot blog. Sure. Um, so through my blog and, and even in my teaching now, when I taught science, we always look for those analogies, those pop cultural references that will help our kids remember, you know, in my case, a lot of times it was science content, like, oh, here's an analogy, or it's kind of like this in this movie, um, or I would use examples from movies to teach physics. Like, you know, I, this is when I started, this will date me, but when I started teaching, the Matrix was really big. So we'd look at the, you know, the, the stunts done in the Matrix, the first Matrix movies, 
and look at, well, is that really possible? Or since it, you know, it's a movie, of course, and kids love pointing out, oh, that's fake or that's special effects. But we would actually do the math and calculate, well, how fast could would they have to be running and things like that? So I see that power of, of familiarity with what we see in our day-to-day lives. Um, when I taught science, it was, oh, well, the next time they see that movie or see a commercial or see you know some reference to that, they might think, oh, yeah, I remember learning about trajectory motion when we, you know, when we did that, talk about that movie. I see the same power in our teaching that we can think about, oh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of do have some strengths, right? You know, I do have some weak spots, all right? I do need to have a, a, a sidekick or a mentor, like a Batman and a Robin kind of thing. And so I think there's power in that familiarity of, of things from our pop culture experiences for me, you know, superheroes, and they're, they're kind of big right now. They may not always be, but um, I think they're kind of our modern mythology that we use today. But uh, to see that the power of reflecting on those, um, you know, enjoyable, fun type things and seeing how we can apply those to our teaching. Uh, you were mentioning the power of reflection that has to come from the fact that you know, GI Joe, He-Man, all of these cartoons from the eighties had that little tale at the end where there was some kind of moral to the story. Um, before we deep dive into that, I, I'll, I'll just ask GI Joe or transformers. Ooh, I had both, but I would say I was probably a bigger GI Joe fan. Um, love my snake eyes, love my stalker, storm shadow. I have to say, you know, I was one of those fanboys for for uh, Snake Eyes, and and the comic books kind of hinted at a romance with Scarlet, so that was always nice. It felt like I was a mature kid, ten year old, reading about romance in a comic book. You know, it is important that teachers always keep in mind that they have a purpose, right? And as a coach, you know, I I, I try to keep that that conversation alive with my teachers too. You're doing a great job. The kids are loving you. You're having a good time. Oh, by the way, now what do you want to work on? Like I'm always trying to be positive and always trying to keep a good thing on there. There are many teachers that are looking at us as coaches saying, I don't know how much longer I have, or I don't know if I'm making a difference or, you know, I, I recently it's four in the morning and I haven't gone to sleep yet because I have so much stuff to do. What's your take on this? What's your take on education? I, I don't want to put you on, in a corner here like like baby and say, what what's your take on, on post-pandemic K-12-ness? But I mean, how can a coach help and support teachers that need that little Optimus Prime pep talk every now and then? <laughs> yeah, the more you know. Uh, and knowing is half the battle. Uh, do, do, I, do. I, <laughs> I just had a panel of first-year teachers, uh, former graduates of my program, come and talk to my current uh, batch of seniors that are getting ready to, to uh, do their full-time traditional you know, student teaching this spring. They've been out in the schools a lot, kind of a part-time internship, and then they're going into full-time internship. And so I had uh, about four of my former students come back, talk to them. And I like it because it shows them that you know, for one thing, yes, you can make it, you know, these people did, you, you can make it through the, you know, all the rigmarole of graduation and student teaching, which is challenging of itself. But I also like them being new because they work with mentor teachers who have experience for several years. And sometimes we forget what it was like um, for the first time. We, we may think we never will we'll never forget how, you know, tough it was or what we did with those, those first couple of years. But some of those things just become more automatic when you, the more experience you gain. So I like to bring in um, fresh, you know, first year teachers but uh, to get to your question, um, the interesting thing with that panel, they talked for about an hour, just kind of a Q&A with my students. 
there was a lot of um, tiredness, fatigue, which is expected for first year teachers, um, and a lot of you know challenges that they were sharing. Um, again, a lot of it just getting back into the swing of things because they all had lived through the pandemic themselves as well. Um, and so one, you know, one thing came up. I, I thought, and just to get to your question again. I asked them after they kind of shared, here's a challenge, here's a struggle I have with the student, or here's a fight I had to break up and things like that. These are mostly middle school, high school teachers. I asked them, well, can you tell me what's a, you know, a student or an experience you've had recently that reminded you why you want to teach? And it got them to stop and think. Uh, for one thing, I want to kind of make sure, remember why we're doing this and, and, and the impact that we can have and that we do make a positive influence. Sometimes we, we focus on those challenging students. Um, I had one mentor tell me, you know, we always have that kid or that class that makes us earn our paycheck. You know, we have to, you know, that's the one we really work on. But we often forget all those other kids, all those other classes, uh, in some cases, that, you know, they're, they're a delight. You know, they, we are making a difference. And, and those, so they shared some stories where it was just, here's one kid that wouldn't turn in anything. And for, you know, one day, they actually you know, decided to, to do their work and turn it in. Or one of them said, this kid came in for some extra help at lunch, and they actually told me thank you afterwards. And so I think we often... Um, can kind of over, overlook those small experiences, that positive impact that we actually do have um, day to day, moment to moment, um, um, whether it's a, 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 you know, a student or a parent or a, a colleague that we might have uh, made a difference from. I, I think those are powerful stories, you know, and even as you're saying that, I'm thinking back to, you know, where I am coaching right now. I, I've got this one class of kindergartners that the first time I walked in, I taught them all, you know, if you see me in the hallway, give me a fist bump. And they like doing that. But this particular one class, whenever I walk in and I feel horrible about this, they somehow like to jump up and give me a group hug as if I was Rocky around the statue. And and it's the sweetest thing that I've ever had an experience with as a teacher or a coach. But I, I love that. Right. And that's the, no matter what you're doing something cool. And that just makes me want to go back and have fun and do more things with them. By the way, um, Cobra commander or Destro. Ooh, yeah. uh, Cobra commander uh, for the entertainment Destro for the, the battle plan. He was always the brains. Well, well, but let's talk about that, right? Because when it comes to to being positive about education, creating lesson plans, doing all these great things, you have to have both that insane, crazy Cobra Commander side, but you also have to have that strategic destro of here's where we are, we're going there, we're needing to go there. How do you teach that? How do you teach a teacher who might be new? or might be doing this for the last 10 years. And again, we're talking to coaches here. Mm -hmm. How do you help teachers get to that part where they have the technology, they have the curriculum, they have the, you know, the it factor, if you will. How, how do we make sure that when we're walking into to classrooms to support our teachers, that we can bring a little bit of our Cobra commander and a little bit of our Destro? I wish I were better at this. Uh, be able just to read the room, to read people. Um, I think, you know, different people have different strengths, but it's one challenge I have for myself to, to be better at. But I think one of the first things to do, I do this whenever I go out to, especially for in-services, uh, you know, my, my college students, okay, well, they're, they're taking college classes. Of course, they're supposed to, you know, be there to learn. But my when I go out to in-services or conferences, whether it's back to school or a regional state conference, um, I often begin with saying, you're the expert. Uh, you know your kids, you know your classroom, 
Um, because I've been there too, where it's like, okay, who's going to come tell me what I'm doing wrong and what I need to do to get better? What's the new thing I have to add you know, back onto my plate? And I remember you had talked with uh, on a previous podcast about a lot of these things. We're not trying to add on to their plate, not trying to throw more things on them, but we're trying to look at how we can enhance and help you uh, help, help get better um, and maybe even streamline what you're doing. So I always try to begin with saying, you know, teachers, you, you know, your kids, you know, your content, you know, your context, you know, you know, your, the, the classroom, who you're working with. Um, and I don't think anybody would expect to say, oh, I know it all, but we, you know, but I would assume it, I would say, you know, they know what they're doing. My job is to help you. Hey, here's some more ideas on how to get better. You know, try something. If it doesn't work, I wouldn't say just throw it out, but, you know, work on it, see how it might fit what you're already doing. I think that's one thing is, as a teaching, we talk about, and especially at college, like, oh, here's the research, here's the theory. And we often sometimes get accused, rightfully so, of kind of being maybe not practical. And so I try to always emphasize, you know, the practical application, but also um, make it fit your situation, make it fit your personality. Like if you're not a, a geek and you don't like nerdy things that have been popular for the last couple, a couple of decades, you know, maybe you like music or maybe you like sports. I mean, I like those things too, but um, take those elements and, you know, bring your own personality into that. I see that with my, my teachers who work with a mentor right now, you know, you don't have to copy exactly what the mentor is doing uh, because they have their personality, they have their background, they have their strengths. You know, you can have your own strengths and personality as well. And so that's kind of a fun thing to do is to bring those in together and, and make your teaching shine that nobody else would be able to do it except for you. Well, you had mentioned going in and being able to read the room. And and if I can ask the detective question, and I'm going to tell you and the audience, there is only one answer that is correct for this question. <laughs> uh, the best movie or TV Batman. Best movie or TV Batman. I am fond of uh, Kevin Conroy and Batman the Animated Series. Uh, wrong. Uh, the answer is Adam <laughs> West. Adam <laughs> Adam West for those playing the uh, the home game on that. But it is about being that detective and going in there. And as you said, read the room, figuring out where you are with things and then trying to figure out how to make that first move, how to move that chess match. And, and a lot of times for coaches, sometimes the answer is not today, right? You go into a room and you could just tell that that, that teacher has – maybe been through an observation. Maybe there's a parent, maybe there's a kid, right? And and I, I know for myself, it's one thing to say, Danny, how you doing? And there's another time to go, you doing okay today? And, and you kind of do have to read that room and figure out what cape you need to have on. Are you going to have on the superhero cape? Are you going to have on the detective cape? Are you going to have on the take take five minutes. I'm going to go up and help you out. Or, you know, let, you know, and I'll ask this question too. Do you need 15 minutes? I'm happy to go do something with the kids for a while. And sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes the answer is, Oh my goodness. Thank you. And, and you, as a coach, we always need to be reading that room to figuring out where things are. What's your thought on all of this? I mean, when we're looking at this and when you're working with teachers, I'm sure that there's times where, you know, you see a class or you see a bunch of teacher students. Some of them might have been through a day. Some of them might have <laughs> might be excited to be there. But sometimes, you know, I just got through my grad school. Sometimes you're looking around at your teachers that are in school with you and you're like, oh, you had one of those days, too. <laughs> how do you how do you approach all of that? Yeah, I think. 
the, as you know, with teaching, we talk about, oh, there's the power of questions and we should ask effective questions with our kids. And I think the same is true for when you work with teachers, you know, to, to start with asking, like, how can I help? Or what's on your mind today? I like to ask my students or my, my teachers I work with, well, tell me, first off, if I'm, if I'm unfamiliar with their situation, if it's been a while or, or whatever, I'll just say, well, tell me about your class or tell me what's going on right now. Are you in the middle of a unit? Or are you transitioning to a different activity? What are you doing this particular day? And then I also like to ask, what's a concern you have right now? Or what's a challenge? Which I think opens the door to say, you don't have to have it perfect. You know, we're, nobody's ever perfect, but what are you want, trying to work on? Um, I like to say that the best teachers are always trying to get better. You know, there's definitely good and bad teachers, but you know, we're all trying to get better. Um, but definitely just kind of watching. And, and, and again, I've had probably more experiences of probably not handling it right than handling it correct. At least, at least maybe I'm just hard on myself, but just stopping and saying, well, just like with teachers, okay, well, here's my lesson plan, but you know what? We're not going to do what that plan said. We need to pivot and do some other things. I mean, I remember teaching on all kinds of situations, uh, a lot of times, you know, sad situations like September 11th. Uh, I remember when that happened, we definitely changed what we were planning to do that day. I've had other days where uh, we had a sudden death on the school staff that morning and having to adjust for what you did with the, with the students that day. Um, I also went in one time to watch a teacher. And when I first approached, he was outside talking to another student, talking to a student kind of calmly, just, I just conversationally, I thought it was between classing, passing periods. He came in, I watched him teach, did great. Um, I remember talking to him afterwards. And that's when he said, you know, that, that kid I was talking to when you first came in like an hour ago, said, well, right before he came, he was really mad about the class before, and he came in and threw a desk across the room. And I didn't know that because the kid was perfectly calm. I didn't even pick that up. And he said, so I just wanted to kind of pull him off and just talk to him. And it made me always think of that experience of that was great that that teacher did that in that, you know, first of all, he had to deal with all that, let alone he was getting observed by somebody like me, but as well as you know, sometimes we fly off the handle, like, well, what are you doing that for? But like, just, whoa, let's just wait and see what's going on. You know, de-escalate with that case with a student, but even with, with teachers, like, okay, how can I help you? And like you said, can I help out for five minutes? Do you want me to stay out of the way? Um, what would be best to serve you? Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be at that moment. Talking today to Danny Bergman all about his blog, teachlikeasuperhero.blog. All the notes and stuff are going to be over on our show notes. Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode 229. I want to talk to you a little bit about what you're up to these days. I mean, when you are writing these blogs, they're very detailed. You're pulling from comic book. You're pulling from YouTube videos. You're pulling from diagrams and dioramas and all of these different things. What, how do you come up with these topics to write in depth, but everything you're putting out here is really, really awesome stuff. Sure. Well, I love my job. I get to work with teachers. I get to teach teachers um, and I love teaching too. And I know it's a common, um, I think it's a common uh, reflection on people who were teachers and now they work with teachers or they're maybe not, they don't work maybe day to day with the same group of kids. I definitely miss that day to day relationship with the kids that you build up. But I get to work with teachers now, and so they get to impact you know, the, the kids. And so it's just a little bit different, but I love being able to balance both teaching and also mentoring and you know, doing research as well as writing. Uh, and that's what I do a lot with here. Um, again, with the superhero thing, again, I can, I can nerd out, and I've got a very sympathetic or a, you know, or a very generous wife that will let me nerd out, um, and now I can do it with my kids too. But um, 
I think of an interview I heard Bruce Springsteen uh, on NPR a while back, and he had said that he was reflecting on his career and his legacy, and and he had said, well, I realized I wasn't the best guitar player uh, when he first was trying to start out as a, as a rock star, as a musician. And he said, I also realized I'm not the best singer. But he he said, I concluded, though, maybe I'm not the best at either of those things, but nobody can write the songs I can write. Nobody can write the lyrics, you know, come up, you know, and definitely we think about his, the way his songs, I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, but uh, just the way he, you know, does talk about like the working class and, and, you know, born in the USA and all that. And, um, but I think um, as, and anybody has this too, I think I, I, I like teaching and I like superheroes and, and geeky things, comic books. And so I thought, well, I could kind of merge those together and kind of put those together. I know there's other people that do, the, do both uh, and do both together as well. But I do like to look at, you know, just how those connections kind of fall. Well, sometimes it's a stretch, but at least it's a, a springboard maybe to, to at least reflect on teaching, which again, for some of it, it's, I, I'm like my audience number one myself to reflect on my own teaching. Like, oh yeah, am I doing these things that I'm writing about? Am I see the connections here? Um, but it's a, just a challenge to, again, have people reflect on those things as they see, uh, especially on the blog, I try to talk about current events or, or recent announcements or, you know, with, right now with movies and TV shows always coming out about every other week, it seems, there's always something new to, to maybe talk about. Uh, but sometimes I'll begin with an education topic and kind of connect it to a superhero uh, story or a superhero character. Um, again, just to strengthen that, you know, oh, when I see that movie or when I see that, you know, character on a, on a, you know, cereal box or a toy aisle or something, I can think about, you know, what I do as a teacher. If we're looking back in time, who would be your favorite inventor of time travel? Dr. Emmett Brown or Tony Stark and why? Uh, I would have to go Doc Brown. Um, I, I think that's the standard for time travel stories. You know, H.G. Wells, sure, but <laughs> that was kind of a downer. That, that story is kind of a downer. But if you look at Doctor Brown, which I just, my wife and I just watched the uh, Back to the Future trilogy again, and if you look at the arc of Tony Stark and Peter Parker, they both had, you know, the, it was it was the Batman and Robin connection of, you know, I'm going to do this, but don't follow me but I'm glad you're here with me and let's enjoy the ride. But I want to get this thing killed so we can finish off the mission and get back home to be with our families. And there's a lot, I'm just saying, this is a future blog post. There's a <laughs> lot of similarities there. If you want to, if you want to do the back to the future trilogy and you want to do, you know, Spider-Man was a two, one, two, three, right? Like the, the, there's, yeah. there's a, there's an arc there, Danny. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Let's nerd out for a second as if we haven't been already. Um, we've gone through now, what, 145 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Where are you with this? Are you excited about the Kang Dynasty? Are you are, are you interested in the multiverse saga? What's your thoughts on where we've been in the last year and a half? It is a pivot point. You know, with, uh, with movies, of course, the actors aging, there's always that discussion of like, okay, well, now what do we do? Because this person doesn't want to be Captain America forever. Uh, so I, I thought, you know, they kind of had that major phase you know with with end game finish with some characters you know permanently and, and thereafter um again real world history with with you know shutdown and everything and switching to streaming more you know that was interesting i mean i, I guess in five ten years we'll look back on this and see how you know all this played out but 
with the series, it really does the, a lot of the series, Ms. Marvel, I, I think is a great series to think about, um, you know, again, back to that teenage superhero type thing, um, as well as, you know, a secret identity and a family system and as well as, you know, history lessons as well. Um, I loved Hawkeye, um, the mentoring of, of the new uh, Kate Bishop, the Hawkeye character. And so I think those were series were nice because you could kind of take longer time to, to explore some of the you know, character moments where you may not get that in a movie. But I am excited uh, to get back to the movies. Um, uh, Trying to think of the last one, you know, Thor, Love and Thunder, pretty good. Um, I'm not sure if they know what to do with that yet, but um, I, I, I was I mean, hoping they would make more out of the uh, the cocktails and dreams on the goat boat. I was I was excited to see the <laughs> the, 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 the the cocktails reference, but there was nothing really made out of it. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, and, and this and the actual comic book. Here's geeking out the comic book story of that with Jane Foster becoming the Mighty Thor. Spoiler alert for anybody who hadn't hadn't known that yet. Sorry, um, and her cancer treatments. I mean, that's and there's even some science in there too. I'd like to explore that, but. Um, or, or superhero science, but you know, it's, I thought it touched on a lot of things that you know. You get, it's hard to do sometimes in a movie. It's, I think that's one thing the Marvel movies have done is they have a lot of things going on, and they just get more and more complicated. And um, I think they've really handled it pretty well by taking it slow to begin with. But yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of. I don't know if we're building up too much to the King Dynasty. It's like I like to enjoy the the small moments too. Like I, I'm really looking forward to the Ant Man uh, and Quantum Mania, Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, I saw I saw what you did there. The small moments. Go ahead. Oh yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> yes, that was on purpose. I will retroactively say, uh, but yeah, I I remember when I started reading comic books. You know, the money makers are the crossovers and the big events that they would do. You know, once a year where they would. You know, you have to buy more comic books to follow the whole story. But sometimes what that would do is it really make all the other stories kind of, you know, kind of just filler almost. And so I kind of like those comic books that just go on for years and years. They can tell this long form of a story where you can really enjoy all those character moments. And so I think with the movies too, if we focus so much on those big events, you kind of miss out on those small events, which I'm sure there's a maybe a blog entry there too I'll have to write about. You know, don't, don't forget the small moments. Don't think, forget the power of not just the big you know, tentpole events, but also every moment can matter. All right, last nerdy question here, and and I'm I'm sorry if you're listening to this still and you're tired of these kinds of silly questions, but this one's not a silly question. Danny, what is your favorite non-green Muppet? <laughs> oh, Gonzo. Okay, that was the right I love answer. Gonzo. That, was, that that was the right answer. Okay, good. You mentioned at the top of the show that you have a book that's coming out. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. What made you write it? And um, when will be when will we be able to, to check it out? Sure. Um, if you couldn't tell already, it's it's about superheroes and teaching. It is called Teaching is for Superheroes. And it's May 31st, 2023. And uh, Josie Bass Wiley is the publisher and um, hopefully more information coming out on my blog. I'll talk more about it, even more about the kind of the development process. And I mean, even equating that back to, to teaching and teaching teachers. But um, yeah, it takes all these different topics that we know from superhero stories, origin stories, secret identities, uh, powers, weaknesses, mentors, teammates, arch villains. Think about, you know, the teachers actually do have an arch villain. That one's kind of a, a sneaky one, I hope. Uh, uh, that people think about and all those taking all those things uh, it could be for new teachers could be for veteran teachers could be a, a, a gift book if you know somebody who might be going into teaching i have uh, some family members that i've got as pegged for uh, 
they'll be getting a copy of the book uh, just to encourage them to look into teaching as a career someday when they're when they get closer to de- deciding those things. But all of it um, just meant for, again, reflecting on why are we doing what we do uh, in schools and in the classroom with kids and with their families and with our colleagues. And we enjoy learning. We enjoy school. That's why you know, we work in schools. But um, uh, kind of reinvigorating what we do and why we do that and, and having some fun with it as well. It's kind of it's not too uh, stuffy, I don't think. And probably some dad jokes thrown in there from time to time as well. You never go wrong with dad jokes. The book is called Teaching is for Superheroes. It is available for pre-order right yes, now. On it, is on, it is on all the major outlets, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, for pre-sale. So if you want to buy an early Christmas gift and give it to somebody for graduation, there you go. Yeah. And it's on sale right now too. So I will definitely make sure that we have the the link on here so you uh, you can get your significant one or that comic book person um, a voucher, I guess. It would be a great thing. So definitely check all that stuff out. Um, okay, I got one more question. If you look at superheroes who don't have any powers whatsoever, talking your Batmans, your Hawkeyes, your Black Widows, you're that kind. Um, who would you like to be? Superheroes that literally have no power that are superheroes because they just happen to shoot a bow and arrow, you know, throw a boomerang or something, right? Like, who would you like to yeah. be? That's a tough one because the easy answer is Batman or the, the, the easiest the answer, Batman. Batman. You'd have to you go know, through the but... whole tragic backstory. But you would be rich and you'd have a butler. So I, I'd you, probably go with Batman, you, get some cool you'd have a You'd have a ward, depending on which version yeah. of Batman. <laughs> so sidekick Batman, nice. sidekick would be nice. Yes, I'll give you one of mine down here. Um, I hope you guys have a chance to check out the blog again. The blog is called teachlikeasuperhero.blog. It is awesome. I'm sitting here, you know, having a great time with this conversation, but I, I I'm just sitting here like you're, you're you're the latest blog post that you have is called who's your Hugh. And it goes into the whole Ryan Reynolds, Hugh uh, thing. And, and I'm looking forward to the next Deadpool. I got to be honest with that, but I, I, I just think that the writing is amazing. And, and the angles that you take on this is great. Danny, do me a favor. When the book comes out or when the book is getting ready to come out, please invite yourself back on the show. I would love to. It's been great conversation. And if you have any questions that you like, you know what? Call us up over here at Ask the Tech Coach, and we would love to get a show on. I'd love to have Danny come back on. Maybe we'll do a panel discussion, and we'll be like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, no, that's a 90s show. I don't know. Would you do that, or would you uh, oh. Would you rather do like the Power Rangers combined, or would you rather be like Devastator? Like, What's, what's your combiner Ooh. here? My combiner, uh, Transformers, Devastator, yeah. or Voltron. Can't go wrong Voltron. With Voltron. The, but the, the lions, not the cars, right? Yes, the lions, the original Voltron. Yes, definitely not the train, right? Like we're not we're not train <laughs> Voltron on this. Off so, the tracks, literally. Oh my gosh! Yes. Well, when Voltron did the train Voltron, and then Transformers did a train combiner, that was that was called jumping the shark to con. <laughs> I have no shame sometime with these puns. Anyway, hope you guys had a great time with this show. This is episode number 229 over at Ask the Tech Coach. Danny, where can we go and find you? Plug that website and your Twitter one more time. Sure. The blog is teachlikeasuperhero.blog. I'm on Twitter at shocker sci ed, at shocker like the Wichita State shockers. 
And also you can email me at daniel.bergman at wichita.edu. And I'd love to reach out and talk with you about teaching, about superheroes or about both. Danny, thanks so much for your time and please come back on soon. Thank you. Hope you guys had a great opportunity to check out this and have a good time. And I and seriously, guys, take some time in the next week to yourself. Relax. Put the ed tech away. Enjoy the time with your family. I'm going to be looking forward to time with the triplets. And when we come back in our next episode, I've got some pretty big announcements. Um, not unlike the announcement that Danny just made about what he's doing with his time between now and the spring. I've got something rather similar two that i'm looking forward to sharing with you guys so uh, hit that like button hit that subscribe button and tune into our next episode where we're going to be talking all about that stuff and that wraps up this episode of ask the tech coach episode number 229 on behalf of danny and everybody here in the teacher cast educational network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.